This is the Soulpreneur Lifestyle Podcast, your go-to place for creative ideas on how to run your business in a way that lights you up and gives you purpose, all in a way that still allows you to live the lifestyle that you want to live. And I'm your host, Simran Bhatia. And this episode is brought to you by the Flowation.com directory of spiritual-minded healers and professionals. Imagine a resource where you can search for like-minded professionals to help you with everyday life issues, as well as to help guide you along your spiritual journey. We're launching soon, so soulpreneurs of every profession come join the waitlist to learn how you can promote your business, products, or services on the Floation directory at floation.com backslash directory waitlist. That is F-L-O-W-A-T-I-O-N.com backslash directory waitlist. A universe of opportunities awaits you. Today's guest is Damla Atikan from A Drop of Om. And we talked about how really deep energetic wounds actually work, what to do to recognize them in yourself, to actually work on them and to release them from your life and the kind of transformation that's going to come about from doing that deep inner work and following these processes. And so I really hope this is a useful episode for you to really understand what kind of transformation you can create in your life from really working with the dark information, the shadow side of what's going on with you and being able to release it out and let the light enter. So today's guest with us today is Damla Aktikin. She is a healer who works with other self-healers to help them bring up their energetic wounds and to work through them. Because often healers are the ones who are serving everyone and finding very little time to take care of themselves. And so I'm very excited to talk about a variety of things that are coming up in Damla's work today. Thank you so much for being with us today. I'm happy to be here. Thank you for having me. So, Damla, you mentioned a couple different things about your past training, and I'd love to get into your journey about how you got here. Can we talk about, you know, your biofield tuning practitioner that you've done and you're a Reiki master and you're a yoga teacher and you can you give us a little insight into all of the different gifts and skills that you have nurtured and what that journey was like to get to where you're at now? Yes, I'd be happy to. So um, I'm a healer. I work with self-healers and healers. Um, my goal is to provide tools um, as well as the guidance and the space holding that we all need sometimes. Meaning that as healers, we are um, open to a lot of things. 
And then often we don't realize what we're taking on. So the work that I do centers around um, vibrational healing. And for me, the journey started with yoga. Yoga was my first introduction. I had a um, health crisis, which led me to um, start to take care of my body. I went into the world of yoga. And then I had another health crisis through um, my um, daughter's um, birth. I had an emergency C-section. And after that, yoga wasn't available to me. It was just um, something about my body has changed and, and shifted. And I honestly, I did not have any time to practice in the way that I used to. So uh, I began the journey of exploring mantras, crystal healing. And um, through that, I developed a method that I call chakra bliss healing, which is an energetic healing with crystals. Then came the... Um, the biofield tuning, which is through tuning forks, um, I'm able to access remnants of trauma within the field. Um, this work pioneered by um, Eileen McCusick, uh, if you're interested to find out more. So, um, so in all of, and then came EFT, which is another method that I use. So, but I, I wanna, you know, I was thinking about this before, before we got together is that when I look at all of those, they're all tools and they're all, they have all um, in, in the time, at the time it didn't make sense to me when I was working with them. But now when I look back at all of those, I can see that um, they've been this part of the, the pattern that I'm following, which is vibrational healing. Meaning anything that's off in our bodies, in our system, in our field in general, we have a chance to access, whether it's through the hands of a healer, whether it's through talking about it and feeling into it, or whether it's with the tuning forks, we can access those records and we can, um, we can make sense of the threats that are running our life without us realizing. So that I would say is the basis of our work. And I call those little patterns and vibrational um, disturbances, if you will, in our field, energetic wounds. That is really beautiful. And, you know, I want to zoom, tune into one thing you said, and I say this really often as well, is that these are all tools to bring you back into that alignment with yourself, to address the wounds that came up and to release them and let go of those, you know, limiting beliefs, patterns, negative habits, all of that stuff that's keeping you away from being your highest version of yourself. It's funny that you use that terminology though, because I find so many people get so overcommitted and really zealous around you know, like yoga is the way or Reiki is the way and that's it. Um, and so it's wonderful that you recognized that this is all just about vibrational healing and, and bringing yourself into a really light place where you're experiencing joy and not being bogged down yeah. by those wounds. I think, it's but I also want to go back into something else you said that, um, go ahead. I was just going to say that as healers, um, that's what, one of our strengths is that we 
we get really curious about one thing. And I, I would say that about entrepreneurs too, right? We get really curious about that one thing and we put a lot of time, resources and energy to master that one thing. But then there comes a point where it's, um, you first need, you know, stuff to hold on to, to swim, right? And then you don't. <laughs> so a tool is that. It's going to get you through certain things and it will help you in recognizing how you work, how people work, and then how to get the results that you want to get and you want to get for your, for your clients or for your people. And then over time, you'll realize that there's no one way. And then you can change and shift and evolve through that. Does that make sense? Yeah, 100%. I, I hear you so strongly about this, that really it comes down to trusting yourself and your intuition of which route am I taking today? You know, there are multiple routes to the same destination, really, at the end of the day. Um, but touching on, I want to go back because you mentioned it, because I know a number of the moms that listen in our audience probably have experienced something similar. I know I did, having an emergency C-section. And then suddenly you can't do your yoga and you can't do all the things that you were used to. So what was it that came up for you energetically as a wound at that time? And how did you work through it? And what did you use to heal? What examples can you give? to somebody else who might be struggling right now? Okay, um, well, all of them came up all at the same time, <laughs> which was not fun at all. Um, and <laughs> so- Me too. <laughs> you understand. So, um, and I had a blissful pregnancy, you know, I was chanting, teaching yoga, practicing, all of that, like glowing, my intuition had heightened, all of that good stuff. And then enter motherhood. I feel like, first of all, the shock of motherhood, just you have no idea what it is until you get yourself into it. And then when you get yourself into it, there's the loss of your like physical freedom and physical sensation of, you know, being able to do what you want to do. And now you're dedicated to this one little being 24 seven. So, um, okay, you were mentioning how, what I would recommend to someone at that point. First of all, I had no idea that I had wounds. I also had no, I mean, up until that point, I, um, you know, I had an engineering degree and then I had a business degree. I had a life in the corporate world. In, in that realm, I was very cut off from my body uh, and yoga did help with that. But even within that, I didn't realize I was coming in depleted. What do I mean by depleted? I mean, my needs um, as a child and adolescent and afterwards haven't been met. My needs of physical and emotional nourishment, my needs of being seen, heard, understood, my needs of recognizing that certain things that had happened in my life have actually been like major, major traumas that I haven't addressed. 
So here comes motherhood that's put, putting all of this pressure on my physical being. Like I'm literally, I'm cut open. I'm trying to heal from being cut open. I'm trying to nourish a being that's in my hands physically, like I'm nursing 24 <laughs> seven and emotionally. So when you are at that point of like, I basically, if this, if there's a level of, you know, being nourished, if like, if we want to reach towards 80 or a hundred, I was like below zero. Definitely. I also had very little or no concept of saying no (laughs) and boundaries. So that was an issue. So here I am, like, I was literally drowning with it. And we moved when my daughter was one. Oh, you just hit on my real sore spot. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And my family, I mean, thank God they were there. Um, My family was there. My mom was there. My in-laws, they were helping. Um, But also on some level, they weren't able to help because I'm going through this big, huge stuff. Anyways, so within that, the first thing that happened for me was um, after a month or two into it, I'm in the shower. Like I made a point where like I can't even, I couldn't even cry about it. I was just so shell shocked and depleted. And then in that moment, like I could feel myself slipping down and down, down to this deep level of well of darkness. And the only thing I could think of was I'm going to either like let go and just let myself fall deeper and deeper and deeper, or I'm going to just find any thread, anything that I can find to climb myself out of that well. So the mantras came in where I would listen to mantras and I would chant while I was nursing. It was something I could do while I was nursing. And then came crystals where I began to notice these subtle shifts. Again, it wasn't like I didn't go from zero to a hundred, but when I sat down and meditated with crystals or when I put them on my body, I could feel like 10% relief or five per, I would take like half a percent at that point, you know what I mean? (laughs) So it was that five or 10% was huge for me. So then began the journey of, okay, the second piece of this is um, I needed a new dream. Before my dream was yoga, I was a full-time yoga teacher. I was managing a yoga studio, you know, like yoga was everything. And then uh, my daughter came, which I definitely, that was one of my biggest wishes, which I'm truly thankful for being a mom and having a daughter. So yes. But then I realized like I need a new dream, interest, curiosity, whatever, whatever it is you find, you call it. And that was, that began the journey of, um, what do I need to heal? What is healing? What are wounds? What wounds do I have? What wounds do all of us have? What can I use 
uh, or what can I begin to learn more about to heal myself and then help others heal? So I would say that decision to get yourself out of it with whatever, whatever means possible, um, being open to guidance about it. I guess the guidance is the third piece. We can talk about it. And then um, the last one being deciding that um, there will be a new dream and I'm going to follow that thread. I'm going to follow the guidance. Thank you for being so vulnerable. I mean, I have to say, not pe many people are really willing to express even the depth in your voice of just what they experienced. I feel like you were telling my story back to me, actually, in that, um, you know, that just all the wounds came up and I definitely had postpartum depression after and just, you know, the letting go of the former self, really the everything that you knew about yourself can't always exist in the same way when you are so time bound and physically bound to somebody who is so 100% dependent on you. And I think that decision you said is so critical that, and I made the same one too, which was I'm either going to completely lose myself in this or I will grab whatever tool possible. Um, and for me too, interestingly, it was mantras and gemstones and crystals at the same time, actually, as well, where I was like, this is going to create the energetic shift. And I was listening to them in my ears, like all night long, or just, you know. Um, but that decision is so critical to just being able to actually move forward, to acknowledge that you can move forward and get through this period of time. And that it's okay that you've had to shed the skin of who you were before you will figure out a new version of yourself that feels healthy and balanced and okay. It might take some time though. It does take time. It takes time to um, actually let yourself mourn the loss of who you were and be in that space of not even knowing what's, what's going to be next, not knowing what's next. Um, so which brings me to that piece about intuition and, and being open. So one of the things I experienced in, um, through my daughter's birthing and before was that um, I had this sensation of constriction every single time I went into the doctor's office, every single time. But I kept rationalizing, um, and I'm not saying, you know, whatever way you choose your birth or your life is your own story, but this is my story. In my story, there was something just not right about that particular place, um, which isn't, you know, a fault of their, their, theirs either. It just wasn't a good fit. Every single time I kept rationalizing, you know, they're so close to the hospital that I want to birth in, you know, it's so convenient to my house. So I didn't take that action. Okay. Which is not to say like, I don't know 
if it would have made a difference in my birthing story, I don't know. But in my heart of hearts, I know that it would have made things um, a little bit better for me um, in that process if I had um, that element of trust, that element of knowing that um, I'm truly seen by these people, which I didn't feel at the time. So then after, after that, it's, it was kind of like, I'm not going to not trust my intuition again. <laughs> you know? So it was at that point of, I am now fully open to whatever, whatever guidance, whatever way it comes. And I'm open to um, receiving that and using that in, in service. Like however that comes through and let it be in service. Which brings me to uh, the story of my, um, my website. So 2012 is when my daughter was born and then I began the, this you know, journey of researching mantras and I was already teaching about mantras and, um, and um, crystals a little bit at that point. And then 2014, I had a dream I was, you know, working on what do I call this new thing? I don't, what do I call it? I don't know. So I sort of opened myself up to, um, and I actually have a video about this. If anyone is interested, if you go to my YouTube, um, my YouTube channel is a drop of Om. I have a video about receiving dream guidance. So I just basically before going to bed, you hold the intention of receiving guidance in the form of a dream. Um, and I did. I woke up with the name A Drop of Om. Om was one of the um, you know, influential mantras for me that I had been working with at that time. Om symbolizing the sacred sound of the universe, meaning beyond the atom, beyond the subatomic particles, if we look at physics, if we look at the string theory, we are all vibrational pieces of light that come in and out of existence in a prob probability cloud. So in that basic level of, if we go deeper than the skin, deeper than the bone, deeper than the rock, we're just all vibration. And Om to me represents that. And my name in Turkish, Damla, actually means a droplet, a water droplet. So a drop of Om which I was like, perfect, this is great. I'm, just, I'm gonna roll with this, so I put it on and I got the website name. Anyway, so I built the website, everything. So it wasn't until this year. So five years later, five years I've been in business as a healer with the name Adrof of Om, that it finally occurred to me that there's another meaning to it. So a drop of Om means also that we hold within ourselves that wholeness, that universe. So it's not just that um, you're a vibration, you're, uh, and that you're a drop of Om, a part of the vibration, but within that Om, within that seed, Om is a seed sound, you also hold the potential, the possibility of wholeness of the entire universe 
So which then to me was, oh, okay, that's the work I'm doing then. I'm reminding people of their wholeness, their vibrational sameness, their vibrational potential and possibility that they can be whole again, they can be fine again. But at that, if you ask me that day, like five years ago, when I got the guide, like it wasn't there. It was not there at all. But I, I took it, I ran with it, and then this is where I am. That's so beautiful. The visualization you provided that we are, the whole universe is inside of us and that we have the capacity to be at the vibration of the universe if we just release all the energetic wounds that are there in the meantime. But I also want to highlight something you said, just in case anyone glossed over this, that you know, the conclusion you came to after your daughter's birth was that you will not ignore your intuition. And I came to the exact same conclusion as well. And that you don't, but I, I also really want to highlight that you said, I don't know if it would have been different, right? But it would have felt different internally, vibrationally. And it is so easy to sit there in the what if when you have an experience that normally we'd label as negative of some sort and say, if I had just done this, if I had just done that. And really, I think that tying those two concepts together that, you know, the whole universe is inside of us. We can be at that vibration. It brings the importance of listening to your intuition because every decision is like so many permutation combinations of the way it can go and the way it can play out. And so if you had listened to your intuition, you may have guided yourself differently. It would have felt differently. But again, you're not really sitting in the energy of just going over the what ifs again and again and again, trying to drive yourself crazy with what happened. And so I think that's wonderful for people to actually take notice of that, that, you know, honoring your intuition is so much part of believing that the universe is inside of you and yes. Yes. being able um, to use all the tools around you to be able to stay in that vibration is really what the focus should be. And, and so there's a piece about support, right? Um, so when, when you're going through all that, when um, at the time I didn't realize like how much more support I needed so it's realizing like you don't have to do it alone when something doesn't feel right, when something is like, and you're not able to, you know, take that step towards what you know and feel is right. There may, the missing piece also could be that um, you need some more support. Absolutely. I mean, I think so often, especially in Western society and the, the thinking from there that has also spilled across the whole globe, that people are thinking that being self-sufficient and independent means not working within a sense of community. And 
it's weakness to ask for help. And so I think it's wonderful that you bring that up, that the message from your intuition could really just be that, hey, extend your hand out and say, please help me. I need your gifts at this time because I am depleted or I am having trouble maintaining my boundaries or articulating them or whatever else it is. And so that's so, so wonderful to be reminded of that, of anyone who is struggling through anything um, particularly childbirth or perhaps like an emergency C-section. Um, but moving on, I really want to talk to you also. So you, I think you mentioned the chakra bliss healing method. Is that the part where you were working with the crystals? Yes. Um, so I began to experiment with crystals on my own. Um, through the, the yoga training, I also I already had a knowledge, um, I would say beginning knowledge of how to work with chakras and what they sort of represented. And I intuitively started to select crystals. I intuitively started to put them on me. Um, and one of my first um, clients was my mother-in-law who had been through major trauma in her life. So um, she was just visiting us. So I said, you know, do you want to experience crystals? I just put the crystals on her. And with myself, I would sort of just go into this you know, meditative state with them. With her, I needed to, like on the spot, I devised a guided meditation, uh, which I still use. And I've like different varieties of it, but that was the basis of it out of necessity because I wanted her to go to this deep state to be able to experience it. Um, and she did, she came out of it. So while she, you know, she's meditating, I put her in a meditative state and I was working on her, on her field with the crystals. She came out of it. She had tears in her eyes, streaming down her face. Um, they were actually streaming the whole time, but not like crying but like something releasing off of her. And then she came out saying that she heard this beautiful music that I didn't play and that she was feeling lighter and better. So at that point I was like, I need to be doing this with people. So that was my cue. <laughs> That's wonderful. So do you have a favorite crystal that you like to use when you're working on someone or do you stick to particular crystals for each chakra? No. <laughs> Again, I do this very non-traditionally because it's a vibrational tool. It's not going to be the same each and every single time because you're not the same every time. So you got to go with your gut in selecting. And it could be these days, you know, initially it would be, I had these notebooks and notebooks of, because I wanted to see if this really worked for me and for others. So I would sort of um, measure and check in with myself, with my chakras before, and I would do the meditation. I would note each and every single crystal that I use, and I would, measure it afterwards um, and there would be significant changes 
But over time, I realized I can just pick a single crystal, like in amethyst or quartz or um, citrine, whatever whatever your hands pick, pick at, at that time. And then um, just work with that. All that matters is your intention. And I also tell people um, in my workshops and in my um, private practice, it's you could have like a crystal as large as the room that you're sitting in and you could go in and not experience something. You could have a tiny, teeny one in your palm, have the intention to connect with it and to work with it and to benefit from its wisdom and geometry and beauty and the representation of nature and you'll have a profound experience. So in short, it doesn't matter. Just go to a store. Actually, I know people who just go out, out on walks in nature and then they just pick up stones or crystals or whatever they find. And they you just work with it. Be open to it and you'll experience it. I think that's a great reminder for, again, using it as a tool, not getting attached to the form of how it happens. Really, it's about your vibration, your intention, how open you are allowing yourself to be, to be experiencing the good that can come from it. So as we talk about tools, though, I really want to understand a little bit better what you were talking about with biofield tuning. You mentioned the tuning fork, so that's another great tool that you have at your disposal that you're using. Can you talk a little bit more yes. about biofield tuning in general and how you use the forks and, and what kind of experience that can bring about for somebody? So in biofield tuning, the tool is a tuning fork, which vibrates at a certain frequency. And we vibrate in a frequency. We actually exist in space between the earth and the ionosphere. There is what's called the Schumann resonance, which is an existing um, frequency <clears throat> we are baited in every single day. So it's all about reminding the body what could be, the body and your energy field, what could be. But also the acts as, um, as I'm working with people, the fork acts as a um, record player, meaning when you go into a, um, by the way, it feels like when I'm working with a field um, and coming towards the body, it feels like I run into these places of uh, tangles. Think of like um, rope, you know, just a kitten plays with it or whatever, things get tangled up. And in those spots, uh, what I do, my role is to go into the vibration and read back to you what I find there. I might say, you know, I'm reading anxiety here. I might say, you know, this is the sort of situation that I, I'm finding here. And then the other piece of this um, is in biofield tuning, about six feet out from your body is the records of uh, the beginning of time for this lifetime, records of birth and time in the womb. And then you're coming closer to the body with your childhood and closer 
uh, teenage years and then the body becomes the present moment. So meaning when I go in and hit a part where there is a charge or there's entanglement, I can tell with about, you know, 95% accuracy what age that happened. And I can also tell when I tune into it who, um, with confirmation from you, who was there with you, what they may have been sensing and feeling, what the um, vibrational dynamic may have been at that time. And why do this? Why do that? First of all, you got to realize that whatever you live through leaves records. There are, you know, very detailed records kept in your body level, in your cellular level through your DNA, as well as your uh, electromagnetic and photonic field, um, your energy that radiates out of, um, out through space from your skin. Within those records, are things that uh, you need to be um, conscious of. Meaning, when you're acting with anger, it's not always that the anger is stemming from today. It, the anger may be coming from your five-year-old self. The anger may be coming from your 11-year-old self. And when you're aware of th those pieces, you have a better chance of releasing it here in the now. Also, when we're in the womb, when we're, you know, younger than five, even as teenage up until age 18, and for some people uh, who are empaths like me, even after that, you're going to be subject to the vibrational um, influences of the people who are around you. Meaning your mother's wounds, some of that, and your mother's strategies for dealing with those wounds will be passed on to you. Same with your father, same with any other caregiver around you. And I also strongly believe that we carry the vibrational stories and realities of our ancestors stored in our DNA, meaning some of the patterns, let's say, um, of control, <laughs> of depression, or of anxiety isn't even just you and your mom. It goes back generations and generations. So with the work, we sort of tell the body in the field, you know, there's this, how about this new vibrational pattern instead of the one you were vibrating at? And the body is really resilient. So it picks up the new pattern. It sort of autocorrects itself. And then it's almost like there are these soul fragments in the field so the forks and think of the soul fragments as light. So you need a certain amount of energy to keep that charge, that tangle in place. When we neutralize that, when we soothe that, that stuck energy, that stuck light comes back to you, back to your system. And the chakras rotate and they redistribute that to where it's needed most. And not only that, now that you know that your anger isn't just yours, you can take a sigh, you know, breathe of a uh, breath of relief. And you can say, you know what? Um, I know it's not just me. And I know this, you know, wounding comes back generations, but I'm, I'm going to take care of myself today here in the now. I'm going to own all of my, I'm going to call back all of my light, all of my photonic 
you know, um, stuff that I left around. I'll pull them back into my center and I'll do the best I can with it here in the now. <clears throat> there is a lot to digest from what you just said. <laughs> um, <laughs> wow. So let me maybe break this down for myself, for the audience. I mean, what I understood was that we're carrying around all of the experiences that we had. And you might, you might not even be aware you had the experience because it could be in the womb. It could be an experience that's not even your own, that just generationally was passed down to you and it's now still there. And with the tuning forks, you're able to actually tune in to where is that story stuck in your body, in your energetic field and how is it impacting you? And bring that out, just pull it out, untie the rope really and soothe out something. And for lack of better terminology, almost instantaneously compared to the amount of time that you've probably been carrying that around for. And really start operating from a totally different vibration because when that piece is not stuck there, you're going to feel different no matter what, and start thinking and behaving differently as well. Am I kind of on the right track? With I this? like the way you, you describe it as, as uh, untying the wound. That's it's precisely that. And then you got to realize that if you have a wound that happened like last week, that's going to be like a breeze. Um, and even in the case of you know, childhood wounds, we can breeze through some of them but if it's something that you lived with your entire life that's going to take a while longer but that's not to say that um there's relief for me the the biggest um piece of this this work i mean whether it's crystals eft you know this this um the work with the forks it's just that um, I want people to leave with the notion that there's possibility of relief, no matter what mm. you lived through, no matter what you're living through. Um, and that's what I discovered in my own journey is that um, like, I didn't know how to give myself relief, but then like step by step, I, and just by being open to it, like all of these little tools began to fall on my lap and, um, it made more and more sense as time went by. And, um, and people feel this work, biofuel tuning, as well as the crystal work, they feel, even though I, I don't touch people, <laughs> they feel it. They feel the vibrational work in their bodies as things moving through and shifting, as things being released, as things, if we're um, accessing a particularly painful memory, uh, one of the questions that I ask of, over and over is, what are you noticing in your body? What's happening in your body right now? Not, you know, what are, what's feeling good or bad, not the labeling, but what are you noticing? And they might have a knot in their stomach. They might have a knot in their throat. So the body already knows. Um, so the body responds to whatever wound we are untangling 
in the field, body is like, okay, that's where I'm storing it. And the body begins to do the work and the healing simultaneously as we're working on the field. That is just incredible that, like you said, our bodies are so resilient and want so much to actually be existing at that universal vibration that they'll immediately get to repairing everything as long as you just give it an opportunity. Exactly. Yes. So as we, you know, I mean, I find everything that you just explained so, so, so fascinating. And you talked um, about a couple other things that maybe we might not be able to get into today, but as we wrap up, um, people who want to learn more about what you're talking about, especially with the biofuel tuning and the crystals and everything, what, what advice can you give them? Where should they start to like, what maybe in your journey, you started at a specific spot for learning all of this information. Um, where should they necessarily go or think, or what's the right place to start exploring? Okay. Follow your intuition follow your curiosity. Uh, sometimes intuition is not a word that people can access easily. They think it's like all woo-woo and it has to be a certain way. Then follow your curiosity. When you enter a cafe and they have like these posters of workshops or healers or whatever, what are you drawn to? When you go to a bookstore, what kinds of books are you reaching for? If you go to the alternative, you know, healing aisle, <laughs> that was where I lived for a long time. So follow the curiosity or go to a crystal shop, another favorite place of mine, and pick what you're drawn to. In, at the end of the day, there are a million ways to climb a mountain. And there are a million ways to heal yourself, which I'm discovering. I, I have this uh, podcast called Conversations with Healers, where I ask self-healers and healers to tell about their healing journey, their healing tools. So if you're interested in finding out about more tools, go to my website at dropofom.com to listen to that. Um, I do have a course, an online course on intuition. I am planning a course on crystals. I am planning my my first step is I'm I'm and it's very near and dear to me. Uh, I'm working on a course called Tending to Your Needs because we don't even it all begins with you got to be able to identify what you need, which I didn't know. So um, come back. They're not there yet, but they will be <laughs> for all these resources. And I also have a lot of. Um, I find that um, what I share in um, my blog posts, in my newsletters, isn't just, you know, um, I'm not sharing them to share them. I'm, I'm also channeling vibrationally. I'm also tuning into the universe and to whoever might be listening and asking, what do they need to hear and feel right now? So um, people find my blog posts and newsletter sharings powerful in their healing journey. Um, so go there. I also have a free Facebook group called Chakra Bliss Party, where I regularly share resources and ideas and inspiration about healing. Um, so I hope those, those ideas, being curious and then finding resources that work for you um, would be enough for you. 
That is wonderful. So my second to last favorite question to ask is, what is your favorite ice cream flavor? Oh, goodness. Uh, chocolate. Can I add chocolate and lemon together? <laughs> that sounds like an interesting combination. I've, I've never actually heard that one before. And but. gelato. So lemon sorbet with like deep, deep, dark chocolate. Oh, nice. I am a big gelato fan as well. So I can appreciate that. So now you mentioned a couple of the resources that you have and classes that you have coming up. Um, where exactly, though, can people find you online? My website is um, a dropofom.com, A-D-R-O-P-O-F-O-M.com. Um, so everything you need to find is there. I also have a resource there called 12 Questions to Determine Your Energetic Boons. Uh, it's a resource that helps you... Um, go through the questions and see what may have been those tangled places in your life and how those tangles may show up in your life. So uh, I tell people to go there first because it's incredibly important for you to understand what you may not be conscious of. So start with that. Um, I do offer private sessions uh, over the internet uh, through Zoom for people anywhere in the world. Uh, this, the distance healing works. Uh, there are lots of theories behind it. I'm not going to go into it, uh, but I know that through experiencing it myself and through um, doing it with other people over and over, it just works. So if you're open to that, you can find me and my work uh, on my website. And I'm pretty online, pretty available. If anybody wanted to connect with me, just shoot me an email and we'll chat. Sounds wonderful. And I would definitely suggest anybody who found the topics at hand kind of interesting and you're intrigued and you want to learn more, definitely follow Damla and get her worksheet and try to figure out, you know, where you're coming from energetically. So thank you so much for being with us today. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. Thank you, Simran. I want to say a big thank you for listening in. Without your support, there wouldn't be a podcast. If you've gained insight or inspiration from this podcast, please subscribe for regular updates and please share this podcast with someone you know who will benefit. Do you have a story to share about your own soulpreneur lifestyle that you set up? Have a life or business problem you'd love a system for? or want to be an anonymous caller for one of our live segments, then go to your Anchor app or the Anchor website, find this show, and click on Message and record your story or question. You can also find the show notes on our website at flowation.com backslash T-S-L-P. That's F-L-O-W-A-T-I-O-N dot com backslash T-S-L-P. And subscribe to the TSLP Insider to get a look behind the scenes of what it takes to bring this podcast to life. And get some exclusive offers that are only available to our email subscribers. Also, don't forget to follow at Flowation on Instagram to get updates about this podcast. Mm-hmm.